Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Max Brooks has a really funny career. His most popular book, World War Z, is a meticulously researched novel about a zombie plague and how society pretty much falls apart due to a lack of preparation and organization. It was such a well-researched book that it eventually led to a position at the Modern War Institute at West Point, where he lectures the military, you know, like actual troops and brass, about military preparedness. Did you ever, in, in all these all these talks and discussions you do ever get a question from somebody being like uh who's this guy oh my god <laughs> Tell us to be prepared. when do i not get that question yeah i usually get a lot of weird expressions and who is this guy and why is he here but sure enough after i speak after they've heard me out there's always an individual or a small crowd that comes around me and says listen we didn't know who you were uh we'd like you to come speak to our group Brooks's latest book is the last installment in his series based on the hit video game Minecraft. And we talk about how the game prepares kids for the real world. And he also talks about dealing with his own trouble with reading growing up. That's after the break. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. A couple things to know going into this interview. Uh, one thing is that Burks's latest book, Minecraft the Village, is the third book in a trilogy about two characters, Guy and Summer, who got transported from our world to the blocky world of Minecraft. The second thing to know is that Brooks comes from famous parents. Yes, his dad is the great Mel Brooks, but we actually spend some time talking about his mother, the Academy Award-winning actor Anne Bancroft. Okay, here's the interview. So I was... You know, I picked this book up um, thinking, you know, it's like, oh, great. It'll be like a cool, like cute little story for kids. You know, it'll be an adventure. It'll be, have like super fun, you know, action going on. Right. And then I open the the first page and, and the sort of epigraph, it goes like this. To the children of war, may your children only know peace. And I was like golly that's a hard <laughs> jeepers creepers <laughs> what, a, what an intense line to start on um can you tell me a little bit about uh beginning like even pre-beginning beginning the book and with this way in this way yeah yeah we we get very intense uh uh and it's it's heavy stuff but it's told through a language that kids or a lot of kids understand which is minecraft mm-hmm. uh these books are all about education but education through an adventure which is how i was raised uh, through really good storytelling, be it Star Trek or Aesop's Fables. There was always something to enrich you. Uh, my mother was very clear on that when she was guiding me along my childhood. And that's what I'm trying to do. So book three is all about the civics lessons that they don't teach in school anymore, or at least a lot of schools don't teach anymore. Uh, why do we vote as opposed to just having a king. Why is that important to have a voice? Um, what is crime and punishment? Why do we have laws and cops? And, and what purpose do they serve? Uh, why do we have money? What, what does it do? What is the, the good part about having currency? And where can it go fantabulously wrong? Uh, there's a lot there about how to live in a community. And I think that that's 
particularly important now because I think we're living in uh, consequential times. Mm-hmm. I-, I would say that maybe the 90s and the early 2000s were the revolutionary times, kind of like the 50s where everything was changing and we all thought the change was good. And now we're seeing that not all of it is good and there are pitfalls. So how do you teach kids coming up to navigate those pitfalls? Well, it's all right there in Minecraft if you know where to look for it. Uh, I'm curious, you know, when it when it comes to Minecraft, do you think at this point in in, in 2023, we're sort of past the the pearl clutching of video games, you know, yeah. <laughs> like or or like, do you still get incredulous parents that are like, video games have something to teach children? You know what I mean? Like, where where are we in all that? No, no, it's it's actually been wonderful. I'm going to be very sorry to leave this universe because it has been. Uh, the best feedback I've ever gotten. You know, I, I'm used to the horror world, the science fiction world. I'm used to the grown-up world, uh-huh. which is which can be very snarky and very spiteful. Uh, you know, nowadays people say, oh, World War Z, what a classic book. And I'm like, yeah, I remember when it came out. It wasn't so classic back then. <laughs> I clearly remember the reviews and every sort of you know, qualification, like, well, not being great literature. Yeah. But the Minecraft world is wonderful. I get feedback from just, there's just little kids saying, thank you, Mr. Brooks. I love your books. Can you please write another one? And the absolute best compliments I've ever gotten is from parents who say, my child has never read a book and now has read your books. And because of that is a reader. And, you know, for me, a dyslexic kid who barely got through school there's nowhere to go from there. I know the ga- the game is so open, and that's what makes it fun. I imagine that could cause some difficulty in writing a book based on the world, right? Because there's not a you know, if I'm writing the, the Super Metroid book, there's lore there. Like you know, it, the build story is very linear. I mean, it's not. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Chozo people, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right, right. But whereas with the Minecraft, like you can literally do anything, which is the thrill of it. But it, I imagine. It's it's hard to then like decide. Oh, what am I going to do with it? Yes, I, I think for me the challenge was trying to craft a story given how many choices I had. So very early on, I settled on this very simple goal, which was that this character is here, and they're going to just try to get home. And it's it's an age old story from the Odyssey to Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh but in this particular setting, what a great opportunity to learn as the character goes along the way. So setting that up and then figuring out, okay, what's what's book two? What am I going to do? Well, they meet another character. And also figuring out what creatures they're going to encounter, what they call them biomes, what, what environments they're going to be in. And what are the best environments to impart these life lessons? And ironically, the game actually helped me because I was halfway through book one and the game upgraded and changed. And I thought, oh, crap, do I rewrite the book? And then I realized, no, this is part of the book. When the world changes, you've got to change with it. That's one of the most important life lessons you can teach kids now. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was coming up, a big revolutionary changes in technology or in economics or politics, that happened maybe once in a generation. Uh, as a Gen Xer, the movie that sort of that was our easy rider was uh, Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke goes off on this rant about like, what am I supposed to do? Get a job at a factory like my dad for 20 years. 
And now we think like, no, dude, you'd be lucky to get that job. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> right. Yo, yeah, that's not the nightmare, buddy. Yeah. Wow, lock into the same job for 20 years? Where can I sign me up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, change is going to be the constant. So, literally, nowadays, life is a video game that's constantly updating. And you're going to have to update with it. So you're you're a you're a fellow at the Modern War Institute, right? Yeah. Um, so you talk to all these military professionals about war and and preparation and all that. Um, how how did you fall into that line of work? Like you went from writing books about zombies, and and now when I started researching you, you know, I look you up on YouTube, and you there's all these talks you've done to members of the military and stuff like that about preparedness. And how how did you go from A to B? Well, it goes back to wanting to be like Tom Clancy. Uh, even if I wrote a zombie book, like Zombie Survival Guide or World War Z, damn it, I was going to make sure that everything other than the zombies was 100% real. So I did a ton of homework. And when World War Z came out, I got a call from Admiral Wisecup at the United States Naval War College. And he said, look, I'm putting together uh, this presidential forum. We're going to discuss emerging threats, and I'd like you to be in it. And of course, I said, are you sure you got the right guy? He said, yeah, yeah, no, you, you take out the zombies. You, World War Z is a, is a very credible scenario of how global crisis can affect us all. So I went and I spoke, and I think you can still see me. I think the YouTube video is still up somewhere, mm-hmm. me just sweating, nervous. Uh, but I must have said something because I kept getting invited back. And then I got invited to a listening tour at the Pentagon. Uh, or was it, it was Pentagon adjacent where this is when the Iraq war was just on fire and the military was reaching out to ideas from anybody. And I must have said something because a young Captain John Spencer, who just got back from Iraq, came up to me and said, listen, we're putting together this startup think tank called the Modern War Institute at West Point, And we'd like you to be part of this. So I took my research skills that I would put into a zombie book or a Bigfoot book, and I put it into how humans hurt each other. And the rest is history. You know, at, at the height of the zombie boom, uh, like a, 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 the fun, because I used to watch like uh, The Walking Dead at the bar, right? And we'd all get plastered and then talk about what our plans were should it happen, right? right? And, you know, I was like, I'm going to hit up the restaurant depot. Like I had the, the route I was going to take, you know, I had it all like mapped out. Um, now... I kind of wish I'd written those ideas down. Like, now I wish, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, now I am, especially with the child, I'm like, oh, we should probably have, like, a, a reserve of water. And, yeah. and, like, we should have a go bag. And we should all have, like, you know, flashlights, batteries, da 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 um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the, you know, that. the big question I always get asked with everything I write about is, aren't you worried you're going to scare people? To which I say that I assume the people are already scared. I'm trying to reduce the anxiety with preparation and with knowledge because that's how I was raised. Whenever there was a crisis, whenever there was something looming on the horizon, my mother became a student of it. Instead of running away from it and hoping that it didn't happen, she wanted to learn everything she could about it. And so that way, it helped her wrap her brain around it. Uh, I I compare it to the movie Jaws, where two-thirds of the movie, you have no idea what you're dealing with. And that's the scariest part of the movie. But for me, once I saw the shark, I'm like, all right, all right, this is, this is what I'm up against. And that's what I try to do with all these books, zombies, Bigfoot, Minecraft, uh, get a handle on the problem. 
because it's actually not that scary once you know what you're dealing with. Can I say your mom sounds incredible? Oh, she really was. She was. I, I don't know what where she got all this. This this uneducated Italian kid from the Bronx grew up in the Depression, self-made woman, yeah. self-educated, uh, supported my dad for years. The house I I grew up in, my mom bought, uh, gave up her career when it turned out that I was really struggling with school and was going to figure it out. Wow. She really she really was. I, I can guarantee you I would not be the person I am had I not had a mom like her. Yeah. We should all be so lucky, eh? We, yeah, really. We should all strive to be the kind of parent she was. I don't know how she did it, and I can't even imagine the kind of stress that was on her. And my, you know, my sharpest pain is that she wasn't there to see the harvest of her efforts. Mm-hmm. I could say, Ma, look, I'm all right. I did okay. You got a grandson. He's all right. Mm-hmm. This is all because of you. Yeah. All right. I need to call my mom now. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone listening, call your mom and yeah. say thank you. It ain't easy. <laughs> all right, cool, Max. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Take all care. Right. Bye. We have perverted our Constitution. Perverted it with regard to a welfare clause that doesn't exist. Perverted it with regard The question was, is he too dangerous? Is he too crazy? The new podcast, Landslide, telling the story of the presidential races that led to today's divide. Those are the seeds of the culture war. Landslide, part of the NPR Network. Subscribe now. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Viking Books, publisher of Get the Picture by Bianca Bosker. A fascinating and hilarious journey inside the secretive world of art and artists that The Washington Post calls brilliant. Get the picture. Available now.